So that's Matthew eleven twenty-five. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I've watched that video of the different stories of people serving around church a few times now, and every time I'm just so thankful and struck by people's conviction and joy that they have to want to serve Jesus. And I know that they represent so many of the people here at Hunter Bible Church. It is genuinely a privilege to be one of your pastors here at HBC. But how did you feel? Maybe you heard for the first time this morning or you've heard leading up to the week. How did you feel when we said we're going to spend a bit of time thinking about serving? Was your response one of excitement and joy and zeal? Or was it one of joylessness and frustration? Or maybe even you're getting ready for guilt? Look, it's a unique season that we're in right now. There's a lot going on and maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're thinking, look, I'm just not even in the headspace to contemplate serving Jesus next week, let alone next year. Look, my prayer for, for this time we spend together this Sunday and beyond as we encourage each other to think about serving, my prayer is not that we would well up people's sense of joylessness or guilt. My prayer is that as we sit under God's word, and we remember the God that we serve, that we would have a deep-seated joy and rest for our souls. And that's why we're digging into these verses in Matthew 11. These are some of the most beautiful verses in Scripture. They're your classic kind of fridge magnet verse. And, and I hope that as we dig into these a bit more thoroughly today, that we'll actually see them in a new light. And so what we're going to do as we go through Matthew 11, we're going to first think about our reality the reality that we're in first, then the offer that Jesus makes to us here and how we ought to respond to that offer. So let's look at the reality first in verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. A couple of years ago, I went horse riding with my wife I thought I'd be the romantic husband. I packed a, you know, a nice little satchel for some afternoon tea afterwards. I thought I'd take her on this date and had a picture of us galloping around the countryside. And all of that romance was sucked out of the atmosphere as soon as I sat on the horse and the horse went under the weight and load of having to bear Scotty. He was weary and burdened from ride after ride and then he had me to deal with on his back. Now, is that a little bit of a picture of how you feel at the moment? Do you feel exhausted and weighed down by the heavy loads in life? Here in Matthew 11, Jesus is speaking to all of us. He's he's speaking into the common experience of all humanity here 
who all experience the deep soul weariness of both living in a fallen world and the brokenness that it is, but also the burden of our personal sin and our hostility towards God. Now, we all experience this deep weariness and burden in different ways and in different times. It's seen in the physical weariness of the family who just has that perpetual sickness that rotates around family members or the person with chronic fatigue who's constantly frustrated by their limited capacity, or the person exhausted battling with the black dog of depression and anxiety. Some of us are weary simply because we just work so hard and we've got busy lives and we don't even have time to crash, let alone rest. Some of us carry the burden of infertility, or the heartbreaking burden of miscarriage. In the midst of COVID, we're just sick of talking about it, aren't we? We're fatigued by Zoom and meeting after meeting and, and the broken world we're reminded of daily at the moment. But within our hearts, we're also weary of our constant failure at times, aren't we? For some of us, it feels like another day is just another failure. We can be weary of trying to you know, live for Jesus with completely wrong motives, to live up to the expectations of others constantly trying to prove ourselves. Or for many of us, relationships are just marked by conflict or even loneliness. And then in the midst of all that, in the midst of a fallen world, in the midst of our sin, we add serving to this equation and we can feel this heavy load even more so being placed on us. For many of us, serving at church can at times be this joyless duty. Just this other thing in my week and a long list of tasks that I've just got to tick off. I feel that way sometimes. Now, I love leading my growth group, for example. The group itself, they're amazing, but some nights before it, after a big few days after church on Sunday and all that, I can come to that night and I can feel like that horse. Oh. And sometimes I can just feel like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure I want to rock up tonight. And I suspect I'm not alone in that. Whether you're leading a ministry, whether it's going to growth group or you're serving in a ministry team, do you feel weary and burdened in life and in serving Jesus? Well, look at the offer then that Jesus makes to all of us who are weary and burdened in verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus offers all of us rest. And you know that feeling. I did this yesterday. You know that feeling where you finally finish mowing your lawn and then you sit back observing your work and you're like, oh, so good. Or you've got rooms in your house where multiple bombs have gone off and so you spend a few hours putting in the hard work of turning that chaos into order and you just look at that order and you think, ah. Oh, or you go on a holiday and after a few days you finally kind of hit that mood where you've, you've switched off and you oh. That feeling is good, right? But it's just a taste of what Jesus is offering us here. What he is offering us here is way better than all of that. So have a look at the depth of the rest he offers us at the end of verse 29. He says, come to me and you will find rest for your souls. The rest Jesus offers us here is this deep rest for our souls. And it's, it's a rest that we're actually created to experience. 
So this rest actually begins back at the beginning of creation in Genesis 1 and 2. After God had finished creating the universe, after creating humanity, he looked at his work and he said it was very good and then he rested. And by implication, as Genesis 2 continues, humanity gets to be included in this rest of God as we dwell in his presence. And it's this picture of relational and physical and spiritual provision, joy and satisfaction as we dwell in the presence of our God. But then in Genesis 3, you know the story, in our sin we didn't think we needed God, we broke off our relationship with him and so we were cast out from his presence and his rest. And yet by God's grace, over and over again, All throughout the Old Testament, God promises to his people that he's going to bring them again into his presence and give them rest. And so you see this amazing offer that Jesus is making in Matthew 11, can't you? For all who come to him, it's that you will experience the blessing of God's rest in your souls as you come back into relationship with him, if you come back into his presence. Now, Jesus' promise of rest here, it's not a promise to take away every experience of our fallen world and every experience of our personal sin right now. No, the full realisation of God's rest won't be experienced until Jesus returns. But Jesus is offering, even while we still live in this fallen world and we still have the experience of our sin, we can now begin to come into his presence and find rest for our souls. Now, of course, we forget this all the time, don't we? We all still try and you know, lift the wearies and burdens of life in our own strength instead of depending on Jesus. You know, we get sucked into thinking that technology and innovations and products will make our lives so much easier, that the time we save with technology is going to give us rest. That's actually how the Thermomix is marketed itself. One... One chef says it makes light work of hard chores. That's why you should buy it. Another chef even went as far to say, it's my personal saviour. We fall into that trap, don't we? To look for quick fixes, to lift our burdens, but none of that really impacts our souls. Or another dysfunctional strategy is escapism, isn't it? We escape into social media and streaming services, searching for a taste of this rest, only to have to come back to reality. Or we think that holidays are going to be the cure our souls are looking for as we pause our responsibilities in life, but then we've still got to come back to them. And they're good. It's a good rest, but it's only temporary at best. Or we fall in, and this is a common one, I reckon, we fall into the trap of thinking if we just get over the next hump, whether it's exams, a hectic period at work, the toddler years, the COVID pandemic, if I just get through this next hump, then life is going to be smooth sailing after that. But friends, in Matthew 11, Jesus doesn't give us 10 ways to relieve our weariness. He doesn't give us products to consume. He doesn't offer us a fourfold path to enlightenment or five pillars of peace like other religions do. Unique to anyone in human history, Jesus offers a relationship with himself, a person, as the single solution to all that burdens us. Which means we ought to dwell on who Jesus is if we truly want to understand this offer he's making to us today. Have a look at verse 27 as Jesus shows us who he is. He says, All things 
have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus says, all things have been committed to me. Not some things, all things. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And no one can even know God unless I will it, Jesus says. In fact, even more than that, in this amazing claim of Jesus offering us this rest for our souls, Jesus is actually quoting Jeremiah 6, which you might remember all the way back from the start of our Jeremiah series. And in Jeremiah 6, it's God himself, the Lord, who offers this rest for his people. So Jesus here in Matthew 11 is saying, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, because I'm God himself. I'm Lord of all and I'm the only one who can give you this deep rest for your souls. And what a Lord he is. Look at verse 29 as we see the type of Lord he is. Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart. This is the Lord of the universe who considered it a joy to endure the shame of the cross, coming not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And when he took on the burden and the weight of our sins, And he bore God's judgment so that in return, he would offer us eternal life and rest for our souls. This Lord we serve is a humble Lord, a good Lord. Now, if if you don't consider yourself to be a Christian, can I say, can I encourage you to come to Jesus and check him out? Learn about who he is and the claims that he's made. And a great way that you can do that is to come along to something we run at church called the Life Series, where you can start to explore Jesus and unpack who he is. But for those of us who are Christian, we need to keep remembering this offer, don't we? And we need to remember how we we keep responding to this amazing offer by continuing to come to Jesus. But we're to come to him on his terms. And Jesus, what we're going to explore just in the the rest of this passage, Jesus gives us a few pictures here in these verses, both of what it shouldn't like, look, look like, and what it should look like to actually come to him. So the first picture he gives us in verse 25 there is how not to come to him, right? We're not to come to him like the wise and learned who the Father hasn't revealed the truths of the kingdom to. And what Jesus is saying here is we're not to come to him like proud know-it-alls, thinking we know best, who don't think we need Jesus in our life or need to depend on him. We're not to come to Jesus thinking we have all of life sorted and we can do it all on our own, that we have nothing to learn from him. Now, if you're weary and burdened at the moment, if you're feeling loaded up, if talking about serving Jesus is weighing you down, could it be you've been coming to Jesus in your own pride and strength, like the wise and learned? I know I do that sometimes. Sometimes I serve Jesus to try and prove and affirm my own self-worth. Sometimes I serve him to try and please or prove myself to others. Sometimes I find myself just turning ministry just into another chore in the week, another box to tick. 
And the big warning sign for me that I'm coming to Jesus in my own pride and strength is when serving him lacks prayer. That's when I know I've stopped resting and depending in his grace. And that's always for me when ministry starts to feel like a joyless slog. If serving Jesus for you has become a heavy burden, could it be that you're simply trying to serve Jesus in your own pride and strength? Now, instead of coming to Jesus like the wise and learned in verse 25, Jesus wants us instead to come to him like little children. Not because little children are dumb. It's actually the opposite. Like my five-year-old daughter at the moment, she never switches off her brain. She's wearing me out with all the questions and curiosities she has about everything in life. She's an absolute sponge and little kids are like that. We're to come to Jesus like that with an openness to him, with a humility to depend on him and rest on his grace. A grace that not only saves us, but a grace that also empowers us to serve Jesus as our humble Lord. Which is why Jesus says one of the most counterintuitive commands in verse 29. He says, if you want this deep rest for your soul, then come to me. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, in the Bible, to be yoked to something is to become its slave. It's to bear the weight of your master's work and become shackled to them. And Jesus is saying, you want rest for your souls? Then become my slave. Take on my work and serve me. That's why, though, he can say in verse 30, unlike everything else in the world, that will oppress you and enslave you and add weight to the burdens and weariness of your life. Jesus, because he's our humble Lord, can say, for my yoke, serving me as your good and humble Lord is easy and my burden is light. Paul says a similar thing in Romans 6. He says, when you come to Jesus, we're no longer slaves to sin, but now actually we've been set free from sin. And become slaves to God, which means the benefit we reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Rest for your souls. Jesus took the yoke, the burden of our sin, and he set us free to serve him as our humble Lord for all eternity. Enslaving ourselves to Jesus and serving him is the way of true freedom and joy and rest. It's so counterintuitive. But that's why Jesus says, learn from me. We're to follow his example, the one who sacrificially and joyfully went to the cross and gave up his life for us. And the word learn there, as we learn for him, learn from him, it's simply the word for being a disciple of Jesus. It's the same word. To be a disciple of Christ is to spend your whole life coming to him openly, learning from him, following him as your humble Lord. That's why Jesus says a few chapters later in Matthew, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my learner, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. If you want joy, peace, satisfaction in the midst of this broken 
weary and burdensome world, then come to Jesus as your humble Lord and serve him with everything you have. Lose your life for him and you'll find an eternal rest in him. If serving for you has become this joyless duty, then the answer may not be to stop serving. The answer may not even be to, to decrease, you know, trying to squeeze serving into an already filled up busy life. The answer for all of us is to remember who Jesus is and to come and serve him with our whole life. We're to come to this humble Lord, depend on him, be open to him and give our life for him. Now, look, as a, as a church, we know that this has been a rough period for many of us. Many of our lives are more complex and uncertain. So when we call each other to serve Jesus like this with our whole lives, the last thing we want for anyone here at HBC is an increased heavy burden being placed on them. We want to be a people who remind each other and encourage each other, not of doing a chore, but the privilege it is of serving Jesus as our humble Lord. And we do that because of love for each other, don't we? It's through serving him and obeying him and following him that we find rest for our souls. It's a privilege to serve Jesus, not a joyless duty. And we also never want to be a church that makes people feel like you're only serving Jesus if you're part of a ministry team here at HPC. That is a load of rubbish, right? Serving Jesus should happen in every facet of our lives. And that will look differently. It's based on people's diverse circumstances and opportunities that they have to do so. But one of the many reasons that we ought to be part of a ministry team here at HBC is because it's an expression of that whole life service. We don't want to be a church full of lone rangers coming and serving Jesus just on our own terms. But as we get to be part of a ministry team here at church, we get to leverage our diversity and our unity that God's called us to be as part of the body of Christ. And we get to serve being part of the mission of the whole church that we have here at HBC. We don't just have a picture of the kind of people we want to be in this. We want to serve because we want to see people saved. And when we come and be part of a ministry team at HBC, we're contributing to God's mission to see people saved, to see people grow, and ultimately for his glory. And so as a church, as we reflect and encourage one another on how we can be serving Jesus with joy, over a tough season as we come out of lockdown and we have the unknowns of 2022, remember this constant, that the deep rest that comes from serving Jesus as your humble Lord. Let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are this God. We thank you that in you, your love you sent your only Son in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we thank you that you are our humble Lord. We thank you that despite our sin, despite this fallen world and the way that we feel weary and burdened, we thank you for this offer that if we come to you, you will give us rest. Lord, we know that this offer will ultimately be fulfilled when Jesus returns. 
But we thank you that we start to experience it now as we put our trust in you and we rest on your grace. Help us to take up your yoke and to learn from you and to serve you with everything we've got so that we'll see people saved, so that we ourselves will grow, that we'll see the body of Christ grow and that ultimately you will be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.